0: This
1: is the Loud Pedal Podcast, talking all things supercars
0: with your host, Chris Stubbs. Well, hello and welcome to the Loud Pedal. This is episode one of our podcast here at Fox Sports for 2019, brought to you by Super Cheap Auto. I am Chris Stubbs and it is great to have your company and great to have a man who knows a little bit about Super Cheap Auto. Of course, from Super Cheap Auto Racing, it is Chaz Moster. Chaz, how are you?
1: Hey, Stubbsy. How you going,
0: mate? Very well, mate. First things first, you've just stepped off the golf course. How'd you hit them?
1: Uh, well, actually,
0: I was at top golf at Gold Coast. So I'm not quite on the course, but uh, yeah, look, mate, I'm still coming. I'm lucky I drive cars at golf. <laughs> I wouldn't have a job very long. Uh, setting us up for the old line that your handicap is your golf. So there you go. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's it. Um, mate, uh, let's get stuck into it. Phillip Island, finally, after all the talk, you got to have a serious steer of the pony, the Mustang. Top three for the Mustang, but mixed reports. How did you find it?
1: Yeah, look, it was a, a tough test day. The test days are just tough in general. It Doesn't matter what model you got. In the first place, running um, used tires, and then you're trying to, you're trying to um, you know, get the most out of the car. I don't know something about it. it's quite tricky. But probably saying it was nice to go to Phillip Island for the test day. I mean, that's a pretty beautiful surface there. And, Uh, you do get a little bit more out of your tires than, say, a place like Eastern Creek. So that was a positive to go to there. Um, Yeah, look, the the Mustang kind of impressed us a little bit on time, but saying that as the balance of the car, we didn't really feel that comfortable with. So, uh, yeah, got some work to do, I I believe, before we go to Adelaide, and uh, I'm sure there's a few other teams there with plenty of work to do as well. So, yeah, just looking forward to um, see what we come up with. See what my engineer Adam comes up with, and, and see how we uh, hit the ground running at Adelaide.
0: What were the main differences to the FGX aerodynamically? Clearly, that rear wing that would have had a role to play.
1: Look, to be honest, I, I don't, I can't really pretty draw the between the FGX and the Mustang. Probably the more rule changes for supercars has been probably the biggest change of the car. So, um, you know, yeah, sure, the aerodynamics of the car changes a little bit, but I think the biggest uh, things we were feeling with the car and the balance that we were struggling with. On the, on the test day, it was more down to the componentry of the cars we have to run now. So, um, yeah, I mean, a bit, bit tricky, a bit different. It's like anything when you're, you're not used to running these type of parts of the car where you're used to running other ones. You've got to really come up with a different way to achieve your setup. And, um, you know, that's, that's what the, my engineer Adam's goal is going into Adelaide. So,
0: uh, here we go. So, namely, is that the twin spring? Is that the one that it seems most of the guys and girls had problems with?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say um, a lot of teams down pit lane probably are, are, are probably a bit different with that. You know, definitely, I think the whole pit lane was definitely running Twin Springs over the last couple of years and um, really getting on top of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's a new mentality now, new thought for the guys. And as long as everyone's on the same thing, then it's um, it's interesting. So it's kind of a bit of a reset for setups and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it all pans out.
0: All right, what about the new transactional? It caused some uh, issues with McLaughlin's car at the shakedown there and fitting it onto the new Mustang chassis. Obviously, you've got last year's chassis, but with the Mustang body walk. So did the transaxle, can you tell any difference as a driver or did you have any feedback from Adam or any of the team about that?
1: It feels a little bit different the way it shifts in the car. It actually, as a driver, I feel like it shifts nicer. Um, But the real question for me is what it's like at the end of the race. You know, when you've got two 250K races. They absolutely copper hiding around definitely places like Adelaide Street Circuits. And, and definitely in the last transaction we had a big good feel at the end of the race that they were pretty well worn. So, yep. for me, that's the real question and see if the life and of the transactions lasts a lot longer. And, uh, but The feel in the hand feels a lot nicer through for, for the gear shift. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed it's, uh, it's a good move.
0: In general, it must feel very new at Tickford overall. No Frosty, that's the first... I guess, talking point from uh, the end of last year into this year. How's it feel having your your mate and I guess your combatant for that number one position within the team gone?
1: Yeah, look, first of all, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a bugger to see Frosty go. He's been there so long and he's so good to work with in a way that you could um, really push the team in the direction you wanted to and, and having him there was a vital point of that, so. Uh, yeah, look, he's obviously gone on taking some different things, there, which I think is, is pretty good for him. I mean, to be a fresh enough, he's been in one place for so long and, and now he's got to get part of a, a single-car team. I think it's pretty, pretty pretty exciting for him. So saying that, no, nothing's really changed at I mean, for us, we don't look at any drivers and, um, as, uh, as one guy. You know, that we, we just want to have four cars and come into any position they do, but hopefully, ideally, first, second, third, and fourth. So that's always the goal. And, I mean, we've got Cam Waters. He's Super, super quick. He, he's always impressive to watch. And now, uh, the guy um, filled his shoes in back in 2012 for Will Davison. He's back, so he can have his old pair of shoes back. <laughs> and and uh, um, Lee Holzer, you know, he's one of the nicest guys in good lane. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to, to teaming up with these guys and see what type of package we can push forward through the year.
0: Did the team need that freshen up? It seemed it went a little bit sour towards the end of last year, especially in the case of, of Richie Stanaway. And there was obviously issues there with that relationship.
1: Yeah, look, at the end of last year, I think the whole team got frustrated to a point. I mean, you go racing to win, and when you're not winning, it can really build frustration up. And when you're from, you know, you, you go into one weekend to the next and you change a lot of things, and the result just naturally doesn't come. You know, it just continues to build frustration. So, look, at the end of the last year, there was a little bit of glimpse of some things that we were making gains on, but it just took a long time to get to there. So, yeah, look, it, it, was, it was tough, and it was tough for Richie and... and I mean, definitely tough for Richie, being his rookie year. I kind of feel for him in a way because it is tough to. It, it's much easier to come into a team when everything's going right, and you can learn the cars, and you can learn to perfect your craft a bit more when the car is doing what you want it to do. But it was tough for him last year. I'm uh, saying that was tough for all of us. But um, you just got to keep trucking on. You got to keep moving forward, and um, you know, look, at He's he's found another home with DRM, so it's good to see what he's, he'll have a good push this year and see how he comes out the other side.
0: Absolutely. Mate, summer in general, you've been pretty busy. Bathurst 12-hour, Daytona 12-hours with Alex Zanardi, mate. That would have been a pretty cool experience to be with a guy like him.
1: Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, he's kind of one of those guys, a bit like Lowney, that has a massive influence on your career. You talk to the guy for 10 10 minutes to an hour and and just some of the stories and the things he's seen in his career, it really blows your mind. I love that, you know, that there's some of these guys like Lanzi's or Zanardi's that will sit down and take the time and talk to some guys that are, I mean, probably in the middle of their career and, and, um, yeah, man, it was an amazing experience of time with him and and he's super, super quick for the circumstances that he has and, um, I mean, he's just amazing. He's so strong, just, you know, 60 kilos and so much upper body force. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anyone so upper body strong like he is. It's uh, crazy but just overall just an awesome, nice guy and, I mean, he's so much like a lounge that he waits back at signing sessions and does all that stuff, and he's just a, a people's champion.
0: And I'd assume you'd probably learn almost as much about off-track as you would on-track with a guy being around someone like him?
1: Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, the way he, he feels the car and, and, and wants the setup for the car is exactly like us, but to be honest, he kind of is so good with his, his feedback and his that he almost gets onto the top of the car before you do. So it's, it, it, was, it, it was awesome to talk to him and how he feels the car and how he tries to get his head around it to try and, you know, move the car forward. And it was um, that was an awesome experience. And then off the track too, I mean, yeah, he was just, he was just awesome to, to have that influence on me.
0: You mentioned Lounsey there. At the end of last year, he anointed you as the next one to take the mantle as the, the people's favourite. You're a favourite at Fox Sports. But how did you handle that? Uh, that comment—is it something that you are quite proud of, or does it add any pressure? or How do you relate to it?
1: Oh, I think it's probably a little bit of favourites isn't it? But Loundy man, he's getting along <laughs> really good, and um, you know, saying that it for me, there'll only ever be one Craig Lounds. I mean, the guy I watched growing up as a kid. I, mean, I still sometimes let my emotions seep in when things aren't going quite well. Time, where he somehow can overcome that and still be the happy Craig Lounds. So. There'll only ever be one Craig Lounge, but I'm just trying to be the, the best Charles Foster that I can, and uh, enjoy going racing from weekend to, to weekend, and just uh you know I'm super ultra competitive, and love the fan support we got in in our support. It's, it's yeah. very very special to see little ten year olds and eight year olds and twelve year olds, and all where say so, it really melts your heart and really puts you back in perspective of what you're doing this for, and um yeah, you absolutely love it.
0: Back to overseas, you've got California, you've got the eight-hour there, Laguna Seca coming up. How important is all this overseas stuff that you're doing with BMW
1: for you? Um, first of all, I'm just enjoying it. It's something outside the box and it's um, fantastic. When you've been racing one series for so long, sometimes you only look inside that box. So yeah. I'm really enjoying the overseas stuff because it's making me think about these cars and different types of cars and how they achieve speed and, and as a driver that's really refreshing because it, it makes you think about you know maybe not drive the car the same way over and over and over and if you don't have the setup how can you try and drive around these problems so that's really enjoyable for me but also to tick off awesome tracks that you never ever thought you'd have the opportunity to race at you know race at daytona was fantastic and now i get to go to laguna seiko and still race for a, a legendary team with team smith i mean it's um yeah that's to be honest it's Crazy! I can't even believe I have the opportunity to do it. So I'm grabbing it with both hands and really enjoying it. And um, I wish I could do some more in the future, but you know, always for me, the heart is here in supercars with our ultra competitive championship.
0: Well, mate, you've really made it quite obvious there that you just go to DJR in 2020, and that opens up plenty of opportunities overseas.
1: Oh, is that still the speculation going on? Isn't
0: it? <laughs> That's what's happening, isn't it?
1: Oh, man, you know more than me, apparently. I'm still
0: just trying to get to Adelaide by this time. Ah, Well played, mate. Yeah, I tried to lead you down the path and trip you up, but you're too smart for me. We've had that dance once before and it ended in tears between myself and Tim Edwards, so we won't go there again. (laughs) Uh, In all seriousness, though, you are off contract at at the end of the year. How do you deal with that that situation? Do you want to knock it on the head early or or how does that process work between you and your team? For me, it's just four goals at the
1: moment. So just to try and get into this year, obviously... We have a new package, so the full focus is on that. And I mean, you can't think about next year because there's so much to play for this year. So, I mean, it, yeah, it is an interesting time in my career, but I just want to push forward this year and get the best results I can, and and then look look at the best opportunities for myself going forward in, into the future. So, could be with it could be with anywhere. You just don't know. You just want to be in the best place you can to win races and and um, and the best opportunities going forward. So, um, I think the Ford Mustang really. Gives Tickford the great opportunity to try and get some results back, and and um, you know we'll be pushing hard this year with the Super Cheap Auto Mustang.
0: Yeah, so if you have a level playing field, you feel at Tickford, and the Mustang is performing well, there's no reason you would be looking elsewhere. You you happy there?
1: It, exactly. It's all. It's for me. You know, I, I really want to try and win a, a SuperCars Championship, and I want to put myself in the best position to do that. So if Tickford, we can push forward, we can make the gains. You know. Tickford over the years has been a championship contender the one back in 2015 so that's why for me it was, it's was it been important to stay there for many years that I have been there and, and it's uh, you know there's no reason why we can't get back to that form we've got good personnel we've got good engineers um, we've got hard working mechanics and, and you know great sponsors on the cars so this, for me there's no reason why we can't push forward and, and take it to the lengths of Penske and Triple Eight and, and those guys that were taken to it before so we've just got to work hard and put our head down and and we'll um, get through this year first and get, at least get into this year before we start thinking about next year.
0: <laughs> Mate, they're not playing it very smart. They said you can't do TCR. What's the go there? They should be sucking up to you and letting you do whatever you want.
1: Uh, yeah, look, it, I guess it was a bit of a misunderstanding. I mean, for for me, I love to try and get my bum in as many seats as I can, and for me, I had not so much with the Hyundai type thing, but I had a really close connection with Barry Morgan, which yeah. runs the, uh, the TCR Hyundai, so... For me, that's all I was pushing forward was to, to try and go race for him because I have a, a long-standing history with him doing this Bathurst a six hour and I, and I really get along with his son, Nathan, and I really enjoy racing with those guys. So. But then, you know, obviously there are the commercial sides into it and all that kind of stuff, but we don't really get to sit down and chat about that and why. It was, just a, it was just a simple no instead of going through it and, and not really knowing the reasons why. So,
0: yeah, okay. Like,
1: yeah, it's a shame when it comes out in the media kind of like that and it looks probably worse than what it is. Um, there's definitely no negativity you, towards you. Just always you want know, to try and race as many things as you can. It, uh, I love racing, and you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a no for some bigger reasons than than it is. So um, yeah, yeah it, it is what it is. There's no uh, no negativity towards it
0: at all. So to clear up, it's effectively a commercial issue with with Ford Hyundai. Ford is a sponsor now, back in big time with your team. You just can't be in a Hyundai. Is that is that as clear as that?
1: Oh, that's, that's what I was reading, so yes, <laughs> as far as
0: I know. <laughs> hey, well, what you read is always true. If you read it at foxsports.com.au, you don't know where you read that other stuff, but uh, we'll leave that alone.
1: Mate, I don't know if it's Fox Sports or if it's from Chris
0: stubb is true. I'm not too sure. <laughs> hey, hey, be very careful. Mate, uh, continuity this year. You mentioned Adam DeBore continuing with you again and Moff as a co-driver. That's pretty important, isn't it? Because there's a big shake-up this year with co-drivers as well.
1: Yeah, it is. And, you know, Moff was super quick last year and we put him in so many hard scenarios for our yeah. endurance races because we didn't at that time we didn't quite have the car pace to take it. And, you know, it really showed that at, at, um, once we worked on the car a little bit, we gave gave Moff a, a, a package good enough to get a result that, he, you know, he was faultless. And uh, that's what really led to the to Get Gontro 600 win. That was fantastic to do with Moff and... Uh, he, I think he definitely enjoyed that. It's probably one of his better moments in, in, out of his career as well, you know. So, uh, yeah, I've I pushed hard to get him to the team, and next, next, next year I definitely don't want to let him go. So, uh, yeah, we'll, be, we'll keep that continued um, this year and
0: we'll see how it goes. So, mate, where do you set the bar and the expectations for this year? I mean, in the past couple of years, you would have come in, I assume, aiming for the number one number on your door for the following season, but. This year, does the Mustang give you any sort of hesitation with your predictions and goals for the season?
1: Yeah, like, uh, this year, I'm trying to just not have any predictions or right. goals towards the series, because sometimes, I mean, at the end of the day, you've been in the series so many years now, you're you purely going there for race wins, and, and obviously, you're going to be trying to push to the championship with whatever best foot you can put forward, but um, you know, at the end of the day, you can only look at the form that you had from last year, and we started making a bit better package towards the end of the year and got a couple of trophies in here, but, um, we still had a lot of work to do to go into this year. So yeah, just keeping the eyes open, um, keep trying to put forward to the team of the things we need to chase and the things we need to do better. And, and then same with myself, you know, there's uh, some getting more consistency things that I can work on to try and get, um, you know, even it isn't our day, try and make sure we get the best results that we can. So, um, and then just see how the year pans out. I mean, yeah, like I said, we do have a lot of work to do as a team. and yep. um, Let's see if we've made some gains over the break.
0: Do you think you'll have a car capable of winning in Adelaide?
1: Uh, Adelaide's a tricky one. It's, um, so, it's so start of the year. Like I said, there's been some big changes with the category, and that's, that's going to be hard for a lot of teams. And I think it's what team can get on top of it the quickest. We'll start seeing um, form straight away, um, and then it'll be catch-up for the guys that haven't quite got on top of it. So, um you know, what I'm really lucky about is having Adam because he's really, he, he, he doesn't just stick to one way if he thinks it's not working. He's fantastic at trying to turn things around as quick as possible. So, uh, test day we had some work to do and, um, going to Adelaide we're doing some, a, a bit of a different philosophy and what we're trying to achieve. So, if that doesn't work, we'll go back to the whiteboard and keep chipping away, that's all you can do in the
0: sport. Of course, super cheap on board with you again this year. You've got a few other sponsors and engagements, not just with your car but across the Tickford brand as well, but I wanted to ask you about one of your partnerships that you've got on board this year with, Dolly's Dream. Can you tell me a little bit about that, the background to it and what your involvement is there?
1: Yeah, obviously. I mean, a lot of people know Dolly's story. um, For me, you know, we've got this awesome platform called Social Media and it's it's great to, to keep up to date with what people are doing and to keep in contact with friends. But I really noticed in the last year or so, it's really got kind of lost a lot in, in what it's there for. And, I mean, talk about my personal experience with social media and bullying and all that kind of stuff. is you know, you go back to Bathurst last year and had a little runny with Cam Waters and um, the sledging on social media and on across websites and stuff like that was just crazy. I couldn't believe people would... would Without even knowing who you are or the person you are would would say some really bad things. So for me, I think in experience, and I know some family friends and stuff that have experienced their kids bullying in school through social media and the family doesn't even know, I just really want to try to get on board with Dolly's Dream to raise awareness that it's not okay and we need to do something better as a society to, to really um, you know, kind of make people aware that there is issues out there and, and how we can try to... You know, look after the people that are getting bullied or try to make it uh, a stop to, to online bullying. So, for me, um, it, it's amazing to be a part of that with Dolly's Dream. And yes, yeah, it's, just, it's uh, something pretty close to my heart.
0: Yeah, very cool, mate. With a young five year old starting school myself this year, you have fears about uh, what may lay ahead, not just in the schoolyard, but as you said, online. So, I think it's awesome that you're partnering with that. Do you think sometimes we think you guys are. Um, Teflon, I guess comments and things that people might throw at you would just bounce off because you 're in the public domain and you are sports stars. Do you think sometimes we need to accept that you 're all humans as well?
1: I think't I think you could say it any any more than that you know we 're not putting on a show of who we are you know you see a lot of different personalities in supercars with guys like David Reynolds and Scotty mcLaughlin. We are all genuine people and we, we do love our sport and um you know, sometimes on stuff on the track is just purely comes from mistakes, or, or, uh, you know, we aren't, we aren't super superheroes, so it's, uh, we are humans at the end of the day, we do have feelings like everybody else. And I mean, if you go for a, a Holden or a Ford, it doesn't mean you should go out of your way to really put someone down that you necessarily don't aren't a fan of, so it's, um, yeah, it's sad to see it's got to this and, and those kind of things. It's, it, I feel like it's got a lot worse over the last couple of years. Maybe I've made lot more mistakes over the last couple of years <laughs> to come to that, but, but um, you know it, it is what it is, and I just want to try and raise awareness about it. It's not it's not trying to whip you out there that uh, poor me kind of thing. I just think that it's um, it just some some things need to change.
0: No, good idea, mate. Dolly's dream for anyone out there who wants to have a look and find out a little bit more about it, and it's a great job that uh, you're doing there, mate. I guess the obvious question then: who wins in Adelaide? You say before about uh, how difficult it is to work out where you're positioned. I mean. Shane's the obvious one. He's won the last four there, but then they didn't do so well at the test. Sandbagging, perhaps.
1: Uh, yeah, look, you can't, To me, I don't think you can really read into the test in general. I mean, from every team's perspective, like I said, the tie bank that you're going to go through, who has ties, who doesn't—generally um, the guys that. Had a couple of bad races last year. Probably got a few more tires to play with on a test day. Yep. Then you go from a track, say, like Phillip Island, which is long sleeping corners, to completely the opposite when you go to Adelaide with ninety degree street bends and bumps and curves and, um, you know, the infamous uh, turn eight and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you can't, for me, I don't think you can really look into Phillip Island form guides into Adelaide. I think you can just only look at who's been strong over there over the years. And I think they're definitely stand standouts. Um, Penske's been stronger over the years too but it's um, you know you never know there's big shape up in the rules too it could really yeah. bring in a good team like Erebus you know Davy Reynolds has been from showing great form at the end of last year um, but saying that with the spring package too and all that kind of stuff it can really throw in a lot of other good teams and guys in there as well so I don't think you really count anyone out but it's, uh, it'll be a tough weekend, for no doubt, for all the teams and
0: drivers. You mentioned about the rule changes, what have you made of pit stop changes? There's been a couple of technicalities that have been tweaked a little bit to do with the refuelling and when the hose can and can't be uh, engaged and the car dropped and then also the big one about the rotation of the wheels and having the handbrake applied now. How does that affect you as a driver and do you think it's a, a good idea after, I guess what you could say was a mess at times last year?
1: Yeah. Um it's great I mean I haven't to be honest I haven't actually seen the rules or broken them down I was just trying to make it a chance this time and then when we get to Adelaide worry about the rules but it's, uh yeah look it, it, it has always been a thing it's about trying to make the pit stops safer for the guys working on the car and I, I believe in that massively and, uh, if you've got wheels turning it's uh, it's always a risk of someone's hand getting shot or a gun and, yep. and really hurting our pit, our pit crew guys you know which is uh, yeah which you don't ever hurt anyone so for me, I think it's good that there's some rules change. and As long as it's making safer for the sport, then, then I'm all for it. But, yeah, we'll have to see how Adelaide goes and I'm, i am up to read up on my rules next time before you <laughs> ask me this
0: question again. Well, don't turn up for pit stop practice on one of the mornings early because they've scrapped that for this year too. Did you know that, mate?
1: I did know that. day. I think it's Sunday. Good.
0: Yes, that's right. From memory, yeah. Oh, so good. don't I'm turn up early. Stay in Sunday better. sleeping
1: on Sunday. <laughs> I can
0: more, tell you that. More bacon and eggs for you, mate. Uh, it's all about Beautiful. cost saving is is the idea. That's what Adrian Burgess has, has come out very heavily on so far in his time as head of his motorsport. This one, fair enough. Do you think the guys and girls can just practice more back at the workshop or do you think that they need that it sets the tone for the day?
1: I'm not... Um, I don't know if it's so much The cost saving thing But I think it's like the, the For me the personnel Fatigue You know you think yep. about When the the crew gets to the track They generally fly in On a Wednesday And it'll be an early as Or Wednesday or Thursday It'll be an early As morning flight So they're not in In that you know State Generally the night before And they Generally out four or five They fly in You do know, a full day Of setup, And they're back up Again before Daybreak through all the pit stop stuff Each and every day So I think you know, when you have such a big race day on Saturday and the guys have worked pretty late into the night prepping the cars for the Sunday race, I mean, and then they're back out again, it's just, I think it's probably more to focus around um, fatigue for the crew and stuff like that because sometimes you do walk in, that depends if you had a bad Saturday and you had a little bingo with your car and they need to get it right. You see some red eyes on a Sunday morning. So if we can give them an hour or two back there, then I think, you know, it's definitely all worth worthy.
0: All right, with all these changes in mind, who is the champion for twenty nineteen? Taking yourself out of the equation. Um
1: oh, it's 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 tough. Literally it is tough with the, the real rule changes and stuff like that. I want but, a name
0: uh, I want a name, Chaz. I want one name.
1: Um look I I'll probably have to go with McLaughlin again this year, I reckon. He's obviously come off last year. He had a real hot trot. He's been qualifying well. The sport's coming a lot down to qualifying. So depending if they can, you know, give the car give the car to him again, then uh, he'll, he'll be hard to beat. There's a lot of confidence he would have drawn out of last year's championship.
0: Mate, how big of a difference is it having the pit lane priority? Because we know obviously in the last couple of years it has helped the eventual champion become the champion, having that number one position. Do you think it's, a, it's as big a deal as we make it out or not?
1: It definitely helps when it comes to qualifying. I definitely feel like that kind of stuff. I mean, to, to push back at the last minute and, and try to get out and get yourself in the better part of the train, it can work for you or against you, depending how fast the train rolls around. And actually, depending, if everyone leaves 300 meters, so everyone leaves 100-meter gaps, it, it works. It generally works for you. So um, I feel the pit lane order generally, generally helps with that kind of stuff. Um, and probably enduros, you kind of... It can work for you or against you, depending if you're the driver getting in and you only got a short, short amount of time to get your belt on. It's kind of pretty tight at the end of pit lane. So I've never been in that position to be right at the end. But, um, with, with FBR and Tickford and, and the pro drive days, it's, I've kind of always been up in that kind of first third of the pit stop. So I feel like it's a pretty good spot where we are in just far enough up. So, I'm excited to kind of move forward a little bit this year as well. So, uh, we'll see, see how it kind of pans out for us.
0: All right, we wait and see with bated breath. What goes on then for you over the next, what, week or so as we lead up to, or less than that, as we actually fly over and arrive into Adelaide? Do you keep yourself calm, cool, collected, a little bit more golf, or what are you up to?
1: Uh, You've recently just moved into to my house back in on the coast. I'm just trying to enjoy that as much as I can. But tomorrow I'll actually go play some golf, go play some competition golf. I'm wow. Not very good. But... uh. <laughs> I find that it's such a great mental sport because it's something I suck so bad at that it keeps drawing me back, trying to get better. So I'll do that with some family and friends, and then um, yeah, maybe a barbie on Saturday and maybe a little bit of training over the weekend, but not too much. And then um, Monday off to Melbourne, Tuesday off to Adelaide. So it's uh, going to be a big week.
0: So you've bought yourself a house on the Gold Coast, Chaz.
1: Well, I've been on the I've been living on the Gold Coast since 2015. So did you own a house uh, after, there? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah.
0: Kind okay. of <laughs> <laughs> just thinking, okay, if you've bought a house now, you're really settling into the Gold Coast, and there's a couple of really good teams that are based on the Gold Coast, Chaz. And yours at
1: the moment is still fishing stuff, <laughs> you know. you what, you've got to use better bait, but, um, yeah.
0: I'm too obvious, aren't I? Too obvious.
1: No, like, you know, the beautiful thing about Tixit is they've, they've allowed me to live up here for the last couple of years, and yeah, there is a bit more flying around, but yeah. I've always been a Queensland boy where I grew up, so. Toughest part about living in moving in, living in different states for a few years, which I did in Melbourne when I first got with the team, that it was hard for a balance of life because yeah. even though you're away racing so much and you make your life all about racing, you do need, you know, your old school friends and stuff that you used to hang out with. So, so it's a balance of life for me living up here and, and just flying a lot more for, for the race team. But if, um, you know, it's worked for the last couple of teams, the uh, last couple of years, I don't really, you know, wonder why i can't work for a couple
0: more <laughs> mate practice this year we're adding it onto the thursday schedule what kind of change does that make and we've got some later sessions of course twilight racing over there this year does that make much of a difference and any parts of the track in particular that maybe with the sun that you've got to think about this year
1: um well first of all i think practice it's fantastic for a driver's mentality the space to adelaide out a little bit yep. more and um, you know, normally we're there on Thursday watching other support categories go around and stuff like that. It's absolutely murder because you just uh, feel like you're sitting around the track a little bit and you're a bit itching to go and you still have another sleep before you get on. So I'm excited for Thursday practice. That's to be pretty cool. Um, with the sun, it is it is what it is. I mean, we've had some afternoon races there that finish in that last part of the race and the, the sun is really, really brutal. Definitely going up to say turn four, it, it really is quite hard to pick a break marker there. So interesting to see if we're on the other side of that and that helps so uh, yeah i'm not
0: too sure track changes as well over there this year we've got uh, turn six is at least one of them and we've had issues over there in the past with guys i guess exceeding the curb limits that appears to not be a problem for this year given the design changes are you across this one Chaz, or should i go to the next question um no I keep telling you
1: stuff. You're me you'll give me a information I need, so you keep, you keep telling and I'll just pretend
0: that I know. Alright, well there are some track changes, so have a look get it, Google them, find out what they are I know Mark Scaife knows a bit more about them than me, so maybe give Scaife a call and he can keep give you the heads up before the others get there. Could
1: you give me a number
0: across here, would that work? Uh, maybe tweet him,
1: mate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well I've heard there's some track changes, so I mean at the end of the day <laughs> you can exceed the track limits and it's okay for everyone, we're all going to use it. So there's yeah. really no advantage for, for anyone. It's the same when we go to Gold Coast, and we, you know, you have the chicanes and we have, um, you know, cut cut sensors. At the end of the day, if everyone's cutting, everyone's doing the same time there anyway, you know what I mean? So, like Those um, it's you know, like you said, I think they believe they've tightened it up a bit or put some more walls closer to that, the camps, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's the new limit, I suppose.
0: Yep, makes it pretty obvious, doesn't it? Mate,
1: yeah.
0: thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Uh, hopefully it wasn't too much of a grilling and you'll come back again sometime during the year, yeah? Um,
1: I'm probably not going to come back for the rest of the year because you just keep
0: asking <laughs> silly questions. <laughs> no, we've done it now. It's done. And I think that's what Tim, <laughs> Tim Medwood said too. You ask a silly question, you get a silly answer. Fair enough, too. Well played. Mate, thank you very much for your time.
1: Cheers, mate. Appreciate
0: it. All right. We will catch up with Chaz Mostard in Adelaide. Of course, you'll see all the action live on Fox Sports every session, kicking off Thursday all the way through to the conclusion on Sunday. Trackside will be back this year. We will be back. A big thanks to Will Dale and Lewis Isaacs for their contribution last year. We'll be back with the Adelaide 500 winner. Make sure you subscribe today so you don't miss any of the loud pedal in 2019. A big thanks once again to Super Cheap Auto. Let's go racing round one of the Virgin Australia Supercars Championship just days away.